<laughs> this week on Win, Epic and Apple's legal drama continues. New games are in the works, and Alan bought 200 Pokemon cards with many more to follow. <laughs> Gotta buy them all. This is Win. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another wonderful week in news podcast here at VGU.TV. We have taken some time off. What has it been, like three weeks? Um, something like that. Something like at least two. Um, but hey, we got the whole gang back together. It's episode uh, 44, it seems, and it is May 16th, late at night, late night energy. Um, I am your host, Graydon Webb, joined, as always, by Alan Muir. How are you, sir? Uh, I don't, I don't know what time about. My name is Chewy Tannen. Chewy Tannen, keeper of the cards. You bought two hundred Pokemon cards. Yeah, my local comic shop has like many other many more packs, for like five <laughs> bucks. So you just go down and clear them out. I may do that. <laughs> he's he's coming. Watch out. Uh, then I've also got Gary Gallimore with me. How are you? Confused. So they always tell you not to feed the Mogwai after midnight. They never tell you when you can start feeding them again. (laughs) You never can. That's that's the point. Shit, what are the rules there? Someone's got to have asked that. What about time zones? Uh, I think it's your uh, local time of wherever (laughs) they are. This magic is stupid. I've never seen Gremlins. Is there like a hub world... Of gremlins? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm so angry right now. <laughs> like, I'm just wondering, like, say their hive or something is in, like, Arkansas. Wouldn't it be Arkansas time? And oh, on my right... Got... <laughs> <laughs> no, please continue, please. I was say they got found in a Chinese man's shop. I think it was in, like, what, New York or something? Okay, so Eastern Standard. So we've got about two and a half more hours to feed these damn things. Because they are getting hungry. <laughs> and uh, on my right, I have Raul Contreras. How are you, sir? I'm angry at this entire conversation. Uh, is it because of my lack of gremlins knowledge, or is it because somebody yeah. posts this question? You're, you're all fucking gremlin casuals. Do you have an answer? Oh, yes, I'd like I want to know. <laughs> no, it's fine. So one of my favorite gags from the second movie is... When he's trying to warn the people in the building, like, the security people in the building, like, oh, there's gremlins, and he's trying to explain to them why they're going bad. And then one of the security guys is like, oh, well, let me get this straight. If you can't feed them after midnight, well, what happens if you're in a plane, idiot? What happens if you're changing time zones? And they're all, like, making fun of them, and then a gremlin comes out and kills them for asking questions. <laughs> so oh, so he's funny. actually trying to care, <laughs> and they just make fun of him. Listen, there's the first movie, and then there's the second movie. Which second is movie is... It's completely dry, different tones. Oh, yeah. This, the second movie was made by people who never wanted to make a second movie, and was damn sure they weren't going to make a third one. Gremlins 2 is the only sequel I've ever seen that actively talks shit about the movie, its own predecessor. <laughs> like, Gremlins 2 actively talks shit about Gremlins 1. That's brilliant. Oh, in Gremlins 2, Gremlins 1 was a movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean like in the universe, it's a movie? Yeah. 
But also, and, no, because the same main character is there. Also, yeah, there's there, a there's a historical racist, two historical racists in the <laughs> second one. Oh no! Um, there is a scene with famous film critic Leonard Maltin recording his famous review show and talking shit about the first Gremlins, and then the Gremlins hear him and then attack him and kill him. Uh, for talking the first movie, and they did that because he. Really did talk shit about the first Gremlins movie. Yeah, but also Leonard Maltin is a fantastic person. And, oh, well, I shouldn't say that. I actually don't know if that's true. Do you guys <laughs> ever hate to say someone's a fantastic person? Because then someone will call you up and be like, well, no, they did this shitty thing one time. It's like, bullshit. Or you'll get up the next morning and like, a big news story just broke. <laughs> you mean anytime I think of Walt Disney? Anyway. <laughs> um, let's get into off of this Gremlins talk, and into the upcoming releases for the week of May 21st, 2021. Um, we have we have missed quite a few big releases, I feel. One of them we'll be talking about a little later, but we've got some cool stuff coming out this week. So, starting with Essays on Empathy for PC. Uh, I'm just going to say there's a lot of these. I have no clue what they are. That's starting with that one. Uh, SnowRunner comes to Nintendo Switch, as well as PC and Xbox One. I know some people who like that game. Personally, I do not recommend it. I tried it. I thought it was boring. But hey, if you like simulator games about trucks in the snow, that that's a cool one. Uh, then Days Gone finally comes to PC. Al, do you still have that pre-ordered? I already have it. Um, I didn't, I didn't pre-order it. I just pre-purchased it. What? Isn't that the... What do you mean? Is it, wouldn't that be the same thing? No, I uh, paid my money up front. And oh. it's in my library. I gotcha. And well, y- you, know it's, you know what the rule is if you want to buy the game, right? No. Gotta buy it at a fucking full price, man. Ah. Uh, if you buy it on sale, you're not supporting Sony Bend. Truth. Very true. Uh, yeah, that was... Did we talk about that story or was that on an off... No. That was when we were during the off. No, I think we may have talked about it in the last episode. They, uh, Sony bed said some shit, which I don't know. Part, part of me agrees with some stuff that was said there. And part of me thinks it was a bit pretentious. Um, but yeah. Hey, if you want to show your support, you go buy that thing at full price. (laughs) Um, then uh, I don't even know what the fuck it. Okay. Is this, is this thing that I'm looking at? Is that really how I pronounce it? All like that? Yeah. All right. So we have Void, T-R-R-L-M, parentheses, semicolon, plus, plus, forward slash, forward slash, Void Terrarium, plus, plus, on PS5. Then we have Archaea on... <laughs> like, what the hell? What'd you say? It's like a fucking Kingdom Hearts spinoff-ass title, like... It's it's okay. even worse. Void, 365 over 2, Dream Drop, Terrarium Distant. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Terrible. HG Remix. Uh, then we have Archaea on Nintendo Switch. Uh, Dark Knights with Poe and Monroe. That actually sounds fun and cute. On PC and Mac. Sunless Skies on Xbox One and PS4. Ooh, Aerial Knights Never Yield finally comes out to all platforms. I've talked about that one quite a few times. Um, I'm actually very excited for that one. Zero Degrees on Xbox One and Switch. 
Outbreak Endless Nightmares on PC and Xbox Series S and X. Crossroads in on Xbox One. This is really complicated when there's still stuff coming to Xbox One and stuff. Like, there's so many freaking consoles. Um, Rise of the Slim on PS5 and PS4. Sure Footing on Xbox One. Just Die Already. I didn't even know that was coming to Xbox One and PS4, but there you go. It came out on PC like two weeks ago, and I was just about to buy it, so maybe I'll hold off. Um, the Y... was it? It's like that line from Breaking Bad where his son is like, why don't you just fucking die already? It's just like that. Sorry, it's, continue. <laughs> it's actually a Breaking Bad game. Why didn't we ever oh, get a Breaking but... Bad game? God, that would have been so good. Uh, the Wild at Heart comes to PC and Xbox Series S and X. Grindstone, the popular Apple Arcade game, comes to PC. The Longest Road on Earth on PC. Layers of Fear 2 on Switch. Jay and Silent Bob Mall Brawl, which I think was only on Switch until now, is coming to Xbox One and PS4. Rising Hell on Switch. Manifold Garden on PS5, which is a beautiful little puzzle game, kind of like a um, I don't know, like Echo Chrome kind of. Remember that one? Um, Frozenheim comes to PC. Guards on Xbox One. Cosmic. Oh my goodness, I thought I was almost done and there's even more. Cosmic Top Secret on Xbox One and Switch. Knockout City, which, uh, is that gonna be free to play? Um, it's coming to Game Pass. Oh, okay. Um, we'll have to make a video on that when that's finally out. Um, but that comes to PS4 and PC. Rising Hell on Xbox One. Metopia on Switch. Game of the Year. And Rust comes to Xbox One and PS4. That was a hell of a lot of games with a lot of weird names. Oh, it rhymes. Yeah, it does. By yeah, I, really, I really can't wait for Rust to bring their toxic-ass community over <laughs> to everything. <laughs> no, do people still play that? Yeah. Oh my god. I remember that was like a huge deal at the time, and then it just, then every game became like Rust, and it didn't matter anymore. Um, but hey, now we will jump into... The news! Bada da do da. Yeah. Whoa! The, <laughs> the reverb on that. Fantastic. It's the best one you've ever done. Thank you. Thank you. I was up all night practicing. <laughs> so are, are we ready to jump into some Apple and Epic news, everybody? No. No, particularly. Awesome. It's been a while. It's our show. Part, a quarter of our show is built on this topic. Oh. <laughs> well, I, if, if you're talking the 44 episodes of show, I think it's even more than a quarter. <laughs> um, but Apple and Epic, I called them Apple. Apple and Epic um, had their first week of, like, trials going on this week. Um, And I have the news to actually talk about that in a moment. But let's kick it off a bit lighthearted with the first story, which I will kind of read verbatim because it's, it's funny. So, oh, it's actually the second week, I guess. So as it entered its second week... Both parties took a break from antitrust law to argue over whether bananas should wear clothes in court. Allow allow me to deliberate. Um, So the banana in question is Peely, a humanoid fruit avatar from Epic's game Fortnite. 
The trial's sixth day began with testimony from Matthew Weisinger, Epic's VP of Marketing. Apple used its cross-examination to offer the court an exhaustive tutorial on Fortnite, beginning with its title screen and one of its skins. I I love, just side note, I love when courts do this, like they have to explain everything. I've been watching um, some what, like... What is a Kotaku? <laughs> Like I've been watching like some like murder trials of like serial killers or whatever, and they'll like go into the dumbest detail of minute things and just be like, "Explain this, please tell us about this. Why these shoes or whatever." It's like, so so here we go. Here's a little uh, quote exchange. <clears throat> we have. Oh, does someone want to play this out with me? Someone be the Apple attorney. Ooh, ooh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Oh, fuck, hold on. Which one is it? The Naked Banana Story? Yeah. I'll do it, yeah. Oh, you can do it. Whatever. You can fuck. both play it out. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay. Where is it? <laughs> okay, I'm the attorney? Yes, and Gary, you are Weisinger. <clears throat> sure. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm so excited. <clears throat> I feel like there's a lot of pressure on you right now. Okay. <clears throat> We have in front of us a new set of images. What is this screen showing? This is your matchmaking lobby. Oh, yes. And we have a large yellow banana here, don't we? In a tuxedo? Yes, that's Peely. Oh, and that's Peely, did you say? (laughs) Uh, yeah. And in fact, in the tuxedo, he's known as Agent Peely correct? That's correct. We thought it'd be better to go with the suit than the naked banana, since we are in federal court this morning. What the fuck? (laughs) I hadn't read all of that before. So, so Peely's nightmarish existence, quote-unquote, is barely related to Apple's case, and the naked banana comment would probably have passed for a throwaway joke, but for one very important fact... Apple slammed Epic last week by claiming that it hosted porn. (laughs) So, on Friday, an Apple attorney went after indie storefront itch.io, which Epic lets users install through the Epic Game Store. I actually didn't know that. The attorney noted that itch.io included, quote, so-called adult games whose descriptions were, quote, not appropriate for us to speak in federal courts, calling them both offensive and sexualized. Uh, Epic Games Store manager Stephen Allison defended itch.io, but the exchange may have stung Epic. Or at least the be- that's the best explanation they can imagine for what happened two hours later, when Epic's attorney decided to revisit Peely during her own questioning of Weisinger. Alright, here we go. <clears throat> Part two. <laughs> the same rules. I'm attorney, you're Weisinger. Alright. Alright, alright. <clears throat> a little bit of a digression. We talked about Peely? No banana. Remember that? He sounds like Mr. Mackey. I do. And there might have been an implication that to show Peely without a suit would have been inappropriate. Do you recall that? <laughs> yes. Is there anything inappropriate about Peely without a suit? No, there is not. Okay. If we could just Put on the screen a picture of Peely. Thank you. Is there anything inappropriate about Peely without clothes? It's just a banana, man. <laughs> <laughs> <And> Steen. 
This does somewhat astonishingly relate to the core issues in Epic v. Apple. Epic is suing to make Apple open up iOS to alternative app stores like the Epic Game Store. Apple claims this would expose users to malicious and low-quality apps. It used itch.io to paint Epic as a sloppy guardian of its users' safety. And Judge Yvonne Gonzalez Rogers seemed to take Apple's concern at least somewhat seriously. It's unclear whether Rogers actually thought there was a graphically naked banana person in Fortnite, but Epic's attorney clearly didn't want to take that chance. So, this kind of goes into further um, the next story, so I will just kind of go into that, I guess. Um, A giant report came out thanks to gamesindustry.biz which was a big review of epic 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 versus apple week one and um i pulled out some of the biggest like quotes of it to try not to get too too technical and boring and put everyone to sleep so uh the opening week has concentrated on epic as the plaintiff putting forward its case Apple has been allowed some cross-examination of witnesses, but it won't be until later this week that it steps up to its defense. Richard, I'm going to say Haig, managing partner of Michigan-based The Haig Firm, says that both Apple and Epic strongly represented their views of what the former has done with iOS as an ecosystem. Um, Key to Epic's argument is that 30% commission fee Oh, oh, I got you. Key to Epic's argument is the 30% commission fee it attempted to avoid with Fortnite, something Apple insists is necessary to support their operations like security and app review and approval processes. Uh, Thomas Buscaglia, who runs law firm The Game Attorney, says, quote, Apple's efforts to lay the groundwork for this argument through Epic's witnesses have not gone well so far in week one of the trial. Of course, their case in chief, where they get to call their witness and present their case, will not commence until later this week. Side note, I don't know who the hell they're going to call as a witness to something like this. I just don't know what that even means. Um, But that will be interesting to see. So, among other things, Epic has also highlighted Apple's treatment of different apps and games, such as how it treats Fortnite compared to Roblox, as well as questioning Apple's app review process and how effective its security protocols are, protocols that Epic itself circumnavigated with the direct payment hotfix that started all this. Um, Epic needs to build a strong foundation in this portion of the trial, and certainly Apple has been doing an effective job of poking holes. Buscaglia also notes Epic has an uphill battle, but adds, quote, at times it seems like Apple's counsel have been helping Epic, Epic up that hill, which makes it sound like Apple is kind of stumbling over themselves, probably with that banana story. <laughs> um, so they, he went to say that... Uh, hold on, I'm sorry. As Epic versus Apple is a bench trial in which the judge also acts as the fact finder, meaning they can interrupt examinations and ask witnesses some questions of their own. Buscaglia points to the judge doing just that in an example of, quote, Apple slinging mud at Epic and getting it all over themselves in the process. So then they mention the thing about itch.io. Uh, Rogers interrupted the few direct questions of her own, leading... Allison, Steve Allison, the general manager of Epic, to clarify. Oh my God, I'm all over the place with these words. 
and explain that Epic Game Store does not distribute games from itch.io, only the itch.io app store. And while Epic Game Store distributes that app store on PC, Allison said, quote, I don't know that we would want to do that on a phone. Um, I'm still making this so technical. It's still just so much bullshit. And I mean, it's, it's par for the course with all with these stories that we've had about it. Since part of Apple's case appears to be to frame Epic as a wildcard bad actor that can't be trusted, suffice it to say Epic should really be working to make sure all I's are dotted and T's are crossed on future procedural questions. Um, my god. Are we bored yet? This just goes on and on. Haig's comments echo Roger's warning from last year that this case could have serious ramifications for Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo. Alongside the definitions of marketplaces and single-purpose versus general-purpose devices, the definition of what even can be considered a game has come into question. Epic CEO Tim Sweeney positioned Fortnite as a metaverse and, quote, a phenomenon that transcends gaming. While Apple executive Tristan Kosminka attempted to explain why the mobile giant treated Fortnite directly to, differently to Roblox, describing its user-built games as content. Quote, if you think of a game or app, games are incredibly dynamic. Games have a beginning and end. There's challenges in place. I look at the experiences that are in Roblox similar to the experiences in Minecraft. Though I don't understand why that would have anything to do with the, with the case at hand. That just seems like such a weird sidebar of a argument. Um, so Biscaglius, be, oh, go ahead. Uh, to be fair, this whole thing opened up by like a whole bunch of exposed a whole bunch of other stuff going off going on going on with Epic. Like how much they they pay for the free games each week, um, like how much they pay the studio, how much they pay. How much they pay for four exclusives? Oh, I didn't even see that. Was that in here? Uh, no, I didn't want to make this whole episode like um. Oh, Apple, Apple versus, versus Epic, Epic recap. <laughs> I understand. But then there's also like the whole thing about uh, Sony, what their whole agreement, how they didn't like they didn't even want crossplay to be at all. It was only until they they decided that if you wanted to add crossplay, you had to pay them money too oh my god and you so had to you had to protect the playstation brand and not violate their terms of service and stuff jesus so it's kind of just bringing out i remember in the beginning of all of this when none of us could really take sides and we just kind of ended it by being like they're two big companies whining at each other and nobody is the good guy and I think that even if you rope in like PlayStation, you rope in other things. Nope, nobody is the good guy. <laughs> At the end of the day. Yeah, there's also uh, on on the most recent episode of uh, the Bombcast, there are there are there like Jeff Gersman mentioned that pretty much every developer, like every big developer out there, has been hit by this. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Like it doesn't matter if it's a Ubisoft or. A paradox. Anyone who's who's had any kind of connection to Epic has been basically dragged in or dragged through the mud with this whole thing. Yeah, and in terms of just distribution in general, this is probably going to have a lot of repercussions of just how marketplaces work and things. Um, yeah, if you, if you start 
if you search for the um, if you search for the like the prices Epic gave each uh, each developer and publisher, you'll be surprised. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. Like I, th- there was obvi- there's an issue with Ubisoft where people were signing up with signing up for free accounts using stolen credit cards, which like meant that there is the 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 money they got was lower than it should have been. Damn. So this whole thing is just wild. Jesus. Well, to round it out, um, I had this final quote for Biscaglia. This was some of the dumbest testimony so far. Adding, quote, their definition of what a game is was laughable in today's world, trying to distinguish games from experiences. He adds, quote, after this first week, I think things are pretty much where they were before the trial commenced. Epic has a high hill to climb, but is making some good inroads. The question is, are they doing so effectively enough, especially with Apple's formal defense yet to come? So, hey, if you're really interested in this case, you can read even more about it. And you can also stay tuned to here, where we will continue to slog through the coming weeks. Yeah, so for the free games, Epic paid about $11.6 million. Like, for every game they gave out? Um, Yeah, like, I'm going to share this image in the uh, chat. I'm very curious. Oh, I did see something like this going around. Yeah, after, like, with the eleven point, with the near twelve million dollars spent, they got about five million new users in return, and it's and they only gave away twenty uh, thirty eight free games so far, and they repeat games too. They've started doing that recently. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're just like, really, this is how much? It's crazy shit. It's some crazy stuff. But yeah, anything else to say on this, gentlemen? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Still, all suck. Uh, Team Meat got fifty fifty k for Super Meat Boy. Annapurna got one hundred twenty five grand. Monomi Park got five hundred k for Slime Rancher. Uh, Funcom got one million dollars for Mutant Year Zero, and Warner got one one point five or fifteen hundred for uh, Batman Arkham. Like those games. Damn. The the weird thing is that for Couch Media, it's like for Metro 20, 2033 Redux, it's zero dollars. What? Yeah, like everyone from Devolver to 2D Boy to Supergiant. I wonder though, and it's a weird wonder, but wasn't Metro Exodus like the first big Epic Game Store exclusive? Yeah, a lot of people are were we're assuming that are assuming that is part of a deal. Yeah, that for publishing or for getting a Metro Exodus on the App Store, not the App Store, the Epic Store, they could in turn they could in turn uh, give away Metro Twenty Thirty Three Redux. But it sounds like in that kind of deal, Epic should owe them, and that's not real. It seems like Epic just keeps winning in that. They got one of the biggest releases of that year and had everybody go to them. And then they got this free game and didn't have to pay for it. But I guess yeah, Metro lot, gets a bigger name out of it. A lot of people on Twitter are are like, like they're, they, they're astonished that this information is out, out like on the internet, easily accessible. 
Well, the only reason it's easily accessible now is because it's part of a court hearing, right? Yeah. yeah. But that's still fucking fascinating. Like, it's weird to me how much, like, you know, how open we are with movies and financials, but how closed off we are with games and financials. Yeah. So this shit's fucking super interesting to me. Just looking at what everyone makes. Yeah. Well, we will uh, we will check back in as time goes on with this story. And especially after getting news like that, like diagrams and, and figures, I'm excited for what else could come. I'm more interested. I'm mostly interested in who's going to be a witness <laughs> that they're going to call. I hope Agent Peely shows up on the stand. hope this costs both of them billions. <laughs> oh Gary, you're always so your 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 anti-capitalist mantras is, is always so fun. <laughs> so who's taking story 3? That'd be me. Hell yeah. The more capitalist bullshit up like um <laughs> All right, so <laughs> Ghost uh Ghost Runner sequel in development. Five Games has announced Thursday the development of a sequel to Ghost Runner has officially kicked off. Though the publisher didn't outright say whether it's going to be a numbered sequel, a confirmed development will be handed, handled by original creators one more level. Five Games, which picked up the Ghost Runner IP for five million squiggly things, said the budget for the new game will be double that of the original. Though without disclosing specific figures, the Ghost Runners sequel is it's in development for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X and S, with one more level seemingly abandoning last-gen consoles and Switch. The team's initial budget will be $6 million. Gameplay specifics, however, weren't shared today and likely won't be for a while yet, considering the team just shipped some extra content for the original. Nevertheless, that is great news for fans of what turned out to be a hidden indie gem from last year. Ghost Runner has sold over 600,000 copies. Have y'all played it? It's a damn good game. Sorry, yeah. I like just shoveled food in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, not played it. I haven't played it either. I haven't finished it, but I've played a bit of it, and uh, it is very good. Like I'm excited that it did well enough to warrant a sequel for them. How much is the game? Um, now it's probably like twenty bucks. Yeah, six hundred thousand copies is a good, good amount of money then, even at twenty bucks. Yeah, it's twenty bucks, and it's like I hear it's like about five hours or so. It's like it's not like this massive game, but it's one of those ones that's like you you get better over time with it. It it can be really hard, so it makes up for its runtime in skill. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend it. Shameless plug, but we have a video up on the side of it. You mean YouTube channel? On the YouTube channel. <laughs> what, we don't own YouTube? <laughs> we don't own YouTube. Oh, shit. Oh, I gotta yeah. stop calling girls at the bar that, then. Uh, <laughs> let me get on that. I just need to borrow, like, 500 million bucks. <laughs> From our YouTube revenue? Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. You get so. that sweet, sweet, uh, space, ca- space, ca- space cash. Yeah. Well, now we're rolling in that sweet, sweet TikTok money. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, woke, yes. I, I woke up and got that email alert. <laughs> like, 
your your email address has been signed into TikTok. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? You're like, what teen girl has gotten hold of my website? Wait, we have a TikTok now? Yeah, I made a TikTok. Okay. Link in the description. <laughs> oh shit. I'm gonna do some dumb shit on that thing. Give me the give me the sign in stuff. <laughs> Who wants I, to see my butt? I, <laughs> I absolutely will. If it could be like like a just a hub of us doing like whatever video content, like hell yeah. Like That's we each get a day to put up a video? <laughs> yes. I'm gonna post some weird ass shit. Oh no. <laughs> on second thought, I'm really gonna keep the login. I'm gonna post sewing machine tutorials. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well what's the what's the next story, Gary? Oh, this is good news. Returnal Devs hasn't yet figured out how to implement saves. You lied to me. You said it was good. <laughs> I'm betrayed. Ah, <laughs> uh, God, without even reading this, it baffles my mind. They're like, oh, shit, we don't know how to make saves, <laughs> how to let you save in our game. So, like, <laughs> saving hasn't been a thing in games for 30 years at the very least. But All right. <clears throat> Returnal may one day allow players to save, and the developer is currently hashing out those details. Returnal is housemarks roguelike, but unlike many excuse me, many modern takes on the genre, the game does not allow you to save mid-run. Dying will send you back to the start, but so will any other reason that could cause you to stop playing before the run is finished. This has been a big point of criticism from critics as well as fans since the game's release. The housemark did say it's aware of players' feedback on saves. It had nothing to announce, and now we know why. Speaking to Axios Gaming, housemark marketing director Michael Haveri said that the developer is currently exploring how to implement saves, but it's not a simple solution. We understand that there are some systems in place that are currently a hindering factor, said Haveri. The solution, according to Haveri, isn't yet clear, which is why the developer hasn't said much on the subject before confirming it's under investigation. Currently, we just don't know exactly what it is, he explained, so it's very difficult to announce anything because I think there's a lot of different people looking for different things. Mid-road saves are more crucial in Returnal than most other roguelikes because of how long a run can take. Many simply can't commit four hours or so of uninterrupted game time. If you're looking to pick up the game, start with our... Oh, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> it's still really stupid. <laughs> yeah. Who does that? Who makes a game where it's like, yeah, it could take you four hours and you can't save or cut anything off. Uh, you're going to lose any progress. It's like, it's just dumb. That's how I played Super Mario 64 as a kid. Yeah, it's Zelda. First of all, Wait, you could save Super Mario 64. I, I must have had a broken copy. Huh? What? I had a I had it secondhand from a um not an antique store, a pawn shop. Wait, I, Zelda was the first game to have a battery in it for saving. I thought that Zelda there was was it like the original one? There was one Zelda that you had to like leave on back in the day, right? No, the original Zelda you. Had save, had a save to it. Huh. Okay. 
I mean, I, there, was, I, there were three uh, three safe slots in the original. I was like hmm. twenty when it came out. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I uh, I had a used copy, and it must have like had that part broken because I couldn't save in that game. So every time I shut off my console, I would have to start from the beginning. Oh, that sucks. You were playing uh, Special Manio eighty seven. It was like some... <laughs> what the fuck. <laughs> it was the fake copy. Wait, yeah, like uh, now, like most of the Mario games and stuff on Nintendo, you couldn't save. I mean, like there were a lot of games that you couldn't save on, but we're we're now to PlayStation Five, Xbox Series X. Nintendo Switch, everything should have a save feature. This says, so I'm looking at a Reddit thing, and it says, I'm playing Legend of Zelda on my Switch with Nintendo Online, and I don't understand how to save. And someone says, in the original, you could press up and A on the second controller while the game was paused to bring up the save and quit menu. Some bullshit. Did you really need, like, two controllers to to save the damn thing? I don't remember any of that. I always thought you could just hit start. <laughs> That's funny. That's well, up. I'm ever the uh, pessimist, and while I love... Uh, I like the idea of business, of, of game companies succeeding, but I've been so anti-PlayStation this generation that I find it kind of funny that uh, Housemark was like their big first breakout studio for PS4 that had like the one game everyone was playing. And then they did it on this one and it's got this massive flaw that makes it not really that loved. I mean, I hear that people who people who understand it for what it is and are p- doing that kind of thing, like, oh, I'm just going to do a nonstop run and I like they're enjoying it and apparently the boss fights are really good. But like... <laughs> It's. I have heard a lot of complaints about this, and what wasn't mentioned in there, I don't believe, was that they had like an update shortly, at, like a patch, and you couldn't save your run. So anyone who was in the middle of a run and automatic updates, it would just totally erase your save, <laughs> and you would have to start all over again just because the game updated. Like and, this game could be amazing, but I can't fucking play it. Yeah, and also like, like that—the idea of that has turned off a lot of people. Like, I don't know if you guys are in the uh, the podcast Beyond Facebook group, but like a lot of people have been like, uh, "I just cannot. I'm a father, or I I work a lot. I just cannot play this game. <laughs> I, dude, I would. I mean, you, but it's not for me." It's like it, my shit ain't that important. I just kind of veg out. Like <laughs> that takes up time, man. <laughs> it does take a lot of time. So you hear that, House Mark? Gary's got some things to do. So please put the saves in your game, and he'll play it. Gary, do you have a PS Five? Yeah, no, not yet. Okay. Are you, Alan? Are you the only one with a PS Five in like all of the sites? United you- States. I have a PS5. Oh, you do? Oh, there's uh, two? I, I have one, Javon has one, Emmett has one. Oh, damn. Oh, God, I'm on the... It's just me and Gary then out here. I didn't realize we had a podcast with fucking peasants. <laughs> wow, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
it's all right. It's all okay. And even oh. if you don't have... Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> and I was going to say, even if you don't have the new consoles or a gaming PC, if, if you, you could have some Steam games coming to your console by the end of the year, take it away. Sick-ass transition, my dude. Holy shit, I wasn't ready for this transition. <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, Hashtag when the edibles hit in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the homie Gabe Newell is apparently hinting that Valve could bring more of their games to consoles. Uh, He teased this in a Q&A session held at a public school in Auckland, New Zealand. That's such a fucking random ass. A Q&A session held at a public school in Auckland, New Zealand. That's wild. That's some cool shit. (laughs) I was supposed to be over there, but like, yo, I could say some shit, and no one will ever know. Did he show up barefoot? Uh, so there was a Q&A session during the visit where someone asked Gabe if Valve or Steam will bring their games to consoles or just stick to PC. Uh, and then in response, he said, you will get a better idea of that by the end of this year. Yeah, um, the end of the year rolls around, it's like, we're fucking sticking to PC. <laughs> yeah, it's like a really weird question to ask right now, and that's a really vague answer. Well, and but what games are they talking about? Just like Valve games? Yeah, uh, can I get half Team TF2. Oh, yeah. No thanks either way. Who wants yeah, Dota um, 2 on a console? It wouldn't work as good. As someone who has played one game of Dota 2, if it was simplified on consoles, I'd probably give it another, give it some more time. I might too, but like I remember when the orange box came out and everyone used to shit on the TF2 port because it's not built for consoles. And then the Counter-Strike came out, and they were all like, why would you play Counter-Strike on a console? And it's just like... would you play Counter-Strike? See? It's just like... play? (laughs) All of the... All the PC people who want games... who, Who... Like, the people who want PC games on consoles... I don't even know how to word this. <laughs> I'm 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 the reverse. I want, I want console games on PC. Oh, because you just want it all in one place. I just want to mod them. Oh, I respect that. But but I digress. Was there more to that story, or was that it? No, Did I lose Raul? No, I, mean, <laughs> I was checking. No, but that's it. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> it, it just kind of goes into uh, like you know they used to be they used to more actively work with. Sony and Microsoft during the PS3 and 360 era. But yeah, they've been kind of absent on console since then. So this next story, I have opinions. Don't worry, you can go on that tangent you were mentioning before the show, uh, after the story ends. Yeah, we're making good time. Um, so apparently, I always say apparently, Bioware lead writer Mac Walters, uh, Okay, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, so he did an interview with Eurogamer, and he talked about some of the original plans they have for, not the finale, but the final confrontation of Mass Effect 3. Um, Can I just ask something first? Sorry, I shoved the food in my mouth. Go for it. Should I? <laughs> I haven't played Mass Effect 2 or 3. Is okay. this going to go into, like, and I know it's my fault, but it, for my sake of spoilers, should I, like dip for a while or will you guys not really go heavy into them i mean it the, <laughs> the area or the area where, where things are headed that's 
it sort of brings you to the final decisions of the game. I wouldn't consider what would what do you would you consider final bosses like knowing what the final bosses are? Would you consider that a spoiler? No, because I assume like like the headline there that we have. I assume that that is this final boss. Okay, because so... the ending of Mass Effect Three is not the final boss. Okay, all right, then I'm cool. I'll be here. I'm just eating some food. Okay, so the final boss of Mass Effect 2 is a giant reaper, right? A giant human reaper. Yes. So the idea was to do something similar for the ending of Mass or the final fight of Mass Effect 3, I guess I should say. And that they were going to have you fight something to that effect, like a whole ass reaper, I think, is what they were saying, what he's saying in the Citadel. Uh, and then at one point, I'll keep this part vague uh, for um, Graydon, but the person you confront in the Citadel in Mass Effect 3 towards the end, they were going to be the Reaper, and then they then changed it to like, oh, they were going to pilot a Reaper. It was like a weird octopus-looking Reaper thing, and it was going to serve like another similar fight as like the Human Reaper from Mass Effect 2. And then at some point, they just decided, hey, what if we just don't have a fight here? But uh, here's the strong opinions I have about this. Uh, I'm glad they didn't do that. I'm glad they kept this as just a confrontation, because I legitimately hate the final boss of Mass Effect 2. Oh, man, I remember the um, Alex Navarro's uh, reaction reaction to it. it. Oh, what was it? I didn't see that. He was just, like, dumbfounded. Like this is this is what they chose to have the final fight be in the game, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I won't go into it lore wise because it's spoilers for it. But like lore wise, it's fine. Lore wise, it's interesting. Like I'm cool with what they were doing there. But as a, just an actual final fight, like the the final mission is so good and perfect, and then it fucking caps off with that, and it's like, oh, why? Yeah, there are so many different ways. There, there are different. There are different ways that things could have gone, or should have gone. Yeah. So you're saying that this was two that you didn't like, and two and three almost ended like two did. Yes. Okay. And I'm glad that it did not. Gotcha. So I'm I'm assuming then, and this isn't me just asking for spoilers, but I'm just gonna say I'm assuming the final, like, confrontation in 3 is where things kind of went awry and people didn't like the end? It... I'm gonna say no. Okay. Oh, I, man. It gets where, even more where people have Where people have an issue is... Uh, you'll have to play it, and then we can tell you what it was like, because the ending has been changed since then. But where people have the issue is that literally the final decision is one of three options. Um, and each option is even colored different, and then you get a very simple ending after that. So a lot of people kind of got mad because it's like, you know, over the course of the trilogy, you make so many decisions, and there's so many plot threads that you're doing Mm -hmm. that for it to then come together and basically end on a, like, congratulations, you did it kind of note. People were mad. They felt like it it was kind of poorly done. So was Um, there initially just one ending and now there's multiple or something? There was basically one ending 
that was just like literally shades of color different depending okay. on what it shows. So what they did is they added a cutscene. So the extended ending gives you a fourth option that leads to an actual different ending. But then for the other ones, you get the same like similar cutscene except the color changes. And then after that, they go into a more in-depth cutscene that explains what your decision did, like the effects that it had in the galaxy or whatever after the ending. Um, but people still don't like it. They think that they're... This is my personal opinion. I think a lot of what people were demanding back when this is a huge outcry is a little Wait, unrealistic. Are you going where I think you're going? Certain theory? No, I'm not going to talk about that. Okay. Um, because then to talk about that would go into spoilers for great, and I don't want to do that. But uh, the people that were demanding that, like, several thousand different endings, depending on what you do, like, I think those people had unrealistic expectations of what they could do. Like, Mass Effect 3 had to be a big blockbuster video game on its no- on its own before the ending. You know what I mean? Like, there still had to be a game there. It, the whole game couldn't just have been the ending, you know? Right, right. There still had to be a, a game there with the story from beginning, middle to end, especially considering that for a lot of people, Mass Effect 3 might be their, mer- their first Mass Effect, you know? Uh, and how do you start a story for someone that's just like, hey, you're on the last part? You know, so there had to still be a beginning, middle, end there. Like, right, people, that makes sense. Yeah, people don't understand that, like, to do that and then to do all these thousands of wildly different variations of an ending like that takes a lot of time and money. <laughs> you don't say. Uh, and voice acting and writing and music and everything. Um, that being said, I do think that it's a little disappointing that it really is just three different options and then a fourth option later on. But I don't hate the ending. And it's to explain why I don't hate it would go into spoiler territory. I do think people overestimated, or no, over, not overestimated, they exaggerated, they over exaggerated how bad the ending was. Um, and they also ignore that the whole game is kind of an ending in a sense. Like they forget that that game is 30 to 40 hours of really fantastic shit. Before it gets to maybe the last hour, which is what you could consider bad. And if there is, like, you know, in a 30 to 40 hour game, only one hour of it is bad, that's still a pretty damn good fucking game, you know? Yeah. Also, uh, throughout the, the, the game is full of, like, tying up loose ends, or certain loose ends, like with characters who aren't in the game as companions who were in the previous games. Yeah. As, as we mentioned, on a previous episode, um, a certain character basically becomes pro- 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 uh, Professor X. Yeah, and they did, but they did eventually release. A, it's the final piece of DLC for Mass Effect Three, uh, which I mean is now just part of the game in this collection. But um, in the legendary collection, I mean. But the final piece of DLC for Mass Effect Three was called the Citadel DLC, uh, and it's kind of widely regarded as like the actual ending of Mass Effect in the sense because it's the last thing that Bioware worked on before calling it quits on the the game, like before announcing that it's done. Um and it's basically just kinda like a surprisingly lighthearted, like there is a mission going on where you're like tracking people down and 
fighting them, but it's taken so not seriously by the, all the main characters, and it's basically just like a a fun romp with your team in this bullshit ass mission where everyone's just having a good time, and then uh, and then after that, you can plan a fucking party at your sick ass space apartment, and then invite all your party members, and you just play a party with them that progressively gets crazier as the night goes on. Uh, this all sounds wild. I'm not lying. <laughs> and then, like, it has just that very hopeful, like, the reason why people call it the ending is because at the end of it is all of them, like, you know, waking up from the fucking party and then having that moment where they realize, like, oh, okay, after this, like, we're going back to this war and we might not make it. So they're like, let's, you know, enjoy this just last beautiful moment we might possibly have together. And it's like, oh, shit. It's really sad and beautiful, and that's like the last thing. That's what they send off their fucking trilogy with, and it's Aww. like, yeah, really good ending right there, you know? Yeah, that's cute. Also, they have a little combat drone with a bow tie. It's great. <laughs> He's like, oh, excuse me, let me go activate party mode, and then he comes back, and the only difference is he has a little bow tie. A Aww. little bow tie. I love him already. Oh, he's great. Anyway, that's it for that story. Well, I will certainly get into that at some point. It's just one of those, like, it's a big a big game that I have to be prepared to jump into. And currently I'm not, but I'm happy that you're all having fun with it. Uh, We could talk a little bit about, because I think three of us are playing it right now, and it just came out. Do we want to do that? Yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of started playing it earlier today. I haven't gotten too far. I'd never played the first one, so. Oh, interesting. I haven't played the I, I've last time I played the first game was four or five years ago, like right, like around the time uh, Mass Effect Andromeda came out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like many of, I was expecting it to be the next big thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I really enjoy the, uh, the enhancements made to it, like the. Ch- change in reticle yeah like that it's and it feels satisfying to get kills now yeah um obviously the enhanced visuals make it easier so that i don't have to mod the game and have so, a crash on me because i modded it okay so you've played the modded versions right you've played the 4k patches yeah uh how does this look compared to those well i i didn't mod i didn't do the 4k cutscenes stuff like I didn't do that with the first game. I did that with the second game. Oh, okay, yeah. But from what I saw in the Giant Bomb Quick Look, because Jeff goes into the beginning of uh, two, which there's something that there's like a little there's something on that that I didn't think was possible, mm-hmm. which is a certain a certain uh, character taking the spot of Caden or Ashley. Oh, and. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That is possible. But the the way the cutscenes looked in the quick look compared to what how it looked on my computer, much uh-huh. much better. Okay. But to be fair on uh Nexus mods, there's already a uh reshade for it for the legendary edition. Oh, is it for, like, the people who think that the cutscenes or the lighting sometimes is too bright? Yeah. I wonder how that would look. Because I haven't... That's one of those things I haven't minded so far. 
but I think it's just because I I never really liked how dark of a game the first Mass Effect was. Uh, it always felt very oppressive. Yeah, and so like like, like Eden Prime looks fucking beautiful in this game in a way that it never did before. Um, like it used to make me laugh when they would talk about in the beginning, uh, Eden Prime being like this tourist destination, and then you walk outside and it's such a like. It looks it looks a little like unimpressive. It's or like it, it looks very unimpressive. It's shades of brown and orange and just boring everywhere. Uh, but here it's like fucking there's lily petals flowing in the breeze and actual forests and shit. And it's like, oh, yeah, I want like I want to fucking visit this planet. This place looks dope. Um, yeah, so I'm on uh, Nexus Mods right now, and most of these are just like. Like yeah, as you as you guessed, uh, light and color color mods. You're not gonna make Eden Prime look boring again. There is a um, there's a screenshot that looks really good. Um, let me see real quick. Okay, it's basically yeah, it's man, it's it, it has more color and there are before and after pics. But even <clears throat> even without the mod the Three shades. I'm still. I was still wowed at how the, um, like the, the water textures at the Citadel was. Yeah, that's something. I, that's actually something that I really appreciate is that they redid the Citadel in one to look and match the Citadel in two and three. Also, there's uh, a whole. Go ahead. There's one thing that none of us are talking about, and that's the, the new intro launcher. For Bioware? Oh, yeah, the very, like, it reminds me of the, the DC logo. Yeah. For the movies. Uh, but it's, like, all the Mass Effect characters, and it's like, oh, okay, y'all doing some fucking, like, MCU shit now. The Mass Effect cinematic, or not cinematic, the Mass Effect Extended Universe or some shit. Um, but it makes me happy that they're pay they're giving the franchise this much reverence again. Yeah, because... Remember how they went five years without doing anything for fucking N seven day? Yeah, like I was, I was just searching random giant bomb clips related to Mass Effect, and hard hard to believe it was four years ago when, or three and a half years ago when Brad yelled, just yells, they killed Mass Effect, Mm -hmm. and then just like, like it's it's a real shame that that him, Alex, and Vinny left when they did, and not. Like this week, mm-hmm. because like also the the quick look felt a bit off because it was just, like literally just Jeff, mm-hmm. and like he was like I never I never heard his opinion on Mass Effect uh, three and his disdain towards it, mm-hmm. which after hearing it, kind of I kind of agree with, like on Mass Effect two. Most of the, or a lot, some some of the characters you interacted with, just give a little, or no, it's not, it's not the other give you a little text, uh, email, and there's like a little passing line for some in Mass Effect Three, according to Jeff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, as I mentioned, pre-show, as I was, I was, I had to stop playing because I was getting a low frame rate, which is a common thing with the Mass Effect One. Yeah, God, that game was so janky. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I I could just 
go 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 to my Xbox Series X and play it on play it on there. Yeah, but I don't know. I just I like it. Just feels better on PC. Because yeah, so far I because I'm playing on PS5, I have not had any like stability issues or frame rate issues at all. Like it's running really fucking good and it looks really fucking good. Um, it's almost because I so I mentioned before we started recording. I played Mass Effect a lot. Like, I must have over 30 playthroughs of the entire trilogy. Because uh, I just used to play it constantly as a kid. Um, so I know those games pretty well. Just because I've run through them so many fucking times. I'm always taken aback, specifically, when I notice, like, the things that are... The things that are different and the things that they've kept the exact same. Uh... Like I mentioned before, in Eden Prime, in the very beginning of the level, there used to just be a big open area that you walk through, and now it's, like, legit a lush forest area, and I was like, when the fuck did this get here? Uh, it's it's a weird, not a bad feeling, but a weird feeling that, like, something... Because I do yearly playthroughs of the fucking trilogy, right? Like, I, it's been, I think, two years, because I was they announced this, and I decided to hold off last year. Uh, so but like it hasn't been long since I played Mass Effect One, so it's still besides the fact that I know it so well, it's still fresh in my head. Um, and it's just so weird sometimes, but not in a bad way, but just like fascinating almost. What got changed and what did it? And I kind of almost wish that I could like fly in the wall, sit in on those meetings, and just hear how they decided to change what you know. Yeah, did you hear the story? The thing that was going viral about the game. No. Uh, someone worked on the game and transitioned after the game, like after the, after, like, worked yeah, on two. I did see this, yeah. That, that is just, like, the fact that Bioware actually changed, changed it from the dead name to the. Yeah. That, that's just one of the coolest things I've seen a public yeah. like developer do. So, yeah, so to clarify, for those that don't know the story, uh, someone who had worked on Mass Effect... I think it was Mass Effect 2, right? Yeah. Someone who had worked on Mass Effect 2 originally, uh, they had not come out and has since transitioned after working on it, and apparently Bioware, like, had looked her up, saw that she transitioned, and then um, used her, like, proper name, like, changed her name in the credits to her proper name, uh, and didn't tell her about, like, they didn't ask her if she wanted that or whatever. Like, they just did it. And she, I think her sister posted it on Twitter and it was making the rounds. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, that was legitimately a wonderful thing that they did. Um, yeah, I'm happy that, like, like by the way, it, is, it isn't just, like, the fact that, like, oh, they redid these games they made them look better but like that by itself is really good the other thing that i'm excited about this is this also has this collection has dlc in it that you legitimately couldn't get before unless you had pre-ordered the collector's edition of the game like if you didn't get the specific edition right when it had come out you're just shit out of luck you're never gonna have this thing unless you find a mod for it uh on PC, but, like, for someone like me who only had it on 360, like, oh, that's just DLC I'm never gonna be able to have. Uh, which, for which game? 3 or 2? Uh, both. Oh, like the, uh, Jaid or Zaid? 
No, Zaid you could always get, but like a lot of it is cosmetic stuff, but like there is the the hoodie in three, the blood dragon armor in two, which sucks because then they give you the blood dragon armor in three, like you can buy it, but you can't use it in two unless you had done something. I forget what it was, but um, yeah, just DLC you couldn't get before, and now it's all available. And like it also includes some DLC stuff I could get, but I just never got the chance to buy because they were always full fucking price on the 360 marketplace um like literally they they i'm sure this is a story where we went over a while ago uh the there's one piece of dlc that they couldn't fit in and it's literally the worst one not just from one overall but in general. Uh, and they literally were just like hey the file for it got corrupted or something like they didn't have uh what do you call it before you fucking the source code for it? And they were like, we could rebuild it from the ground up, but then that would add like a whole extra year to the release date. And we don't want to do that. So fuck it. Can we all just decide that nobody gets this shitty DLC and everyone pretty much went, yeah, that's fine. And the great thing is that said DLC uh, pinnacle station really did, didn't offer a single thing to the game. Okay. A single useful thing. Yeah. Like, you get an apartment, which is, like, whatever, because your apartment in fucking 3 is so much better if you got the Citadel DLC. Yeah, this is this is why I'm looking, why I decided to wait on getting, or on playing, replaying 3, because I honestly God have not played it since, since launch. And I never played the Extended Cut, I never played the Citadel DLC, and I, I just... Like uh, the barrier to entry was mainly the fact that like all three games are, are on Origin and all the DLC, including the, the ones that Raul said were pretty much inaccessible, inaccessible, were on EA or on Origin. But the fact that I can do all like experience, sort of re-experience the game for certain parts is just a wonderful thing. That I don't think I would be able to do in a game, yeah. a game that I first at first hated. How dare you! Also, this is a lot, but um, I think I think I'm in like six hours in right now, maybe, maybe more, maybe less. But I beat ended up beating the game when it, in 2007, the first one, in like 12 hours uh-huh. because because like I I didn't I was 13 I didn't know I didn't know how RPGs were meant to be played. That's impressive, though, even then. Like, you fed through that game. You did nothing besides the main story missions, huh? Pretty much. I Let's just say the Pharaohs uh, stuff went bad for the colonists. Oh, no. I accidentally punched the uh, journalist. Oh, that's fine. She deserves it. Yeah, not Emily Wong, though. No, she's not Emily. She's a saint. My fucking favorite thing, by the way. So... Uh, do you know about the reporter punching Graydon? Um, I don't. The kind of sounds familiar, yes. Because I know that was a meme for a while. But yeah, you can punch a reporter that bothers you in uh, the first box. reporter. Yes. Um, it's a mm, yeah. Uh, it's never <laughs> presented in a shitty way. It's more. Uh, anyway, it's one of the the like. You know how there's, like, the good morality and the bad morality? Mass Effect 
has a problem with morality systems that a lot of video games do, which is like the good is pretty good, but then the bad is so cartoonishly evil that like yes, you can punch a reporter. Uh, but it's a running gag throughout the trilogy, and my favorite payoff for it is in three when you go in to punch her and she dodges it. And she's like, yeah, I fucking got it. Like, I fucking dodged it this time, you fucking idiot. And then you have a prompt to just punch her again anyway. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the thing is, I it's the character that you can, that said punchable character is very much uh, in the, is very much a Fox News type of journalist. Yeah, she's not a great person. I don't think she deserves getting punch so but, but yeah she's not... <laughs> okay uh how about we move on because it is 11 p.m right now on the okay. for us east coasters uh but long story short mass effect legendary edition is a fun time with good friends uh and it's also a fantastic deal you get three full ass games and all the dlc for the price of one new game uh which i think is great uh, it's a wonderful trilogy that everyone should play. Amen. This episode sponsored by Bioware. That's not true. Don't believe. <laughs> so uh, this episode is sponsored by Gremlins. Thank you very much. Hell yeah, that's true. A thousand percent. Hashtag ad. Hashtag for you page. Go ahead, Alan. Uh, hashtag honka dunk. <laughs> Hell yeah! Can you guys fucking imagine? <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you imagine if that was actually a thing? If fucking uh universal just started like paying influencers to tell people to watch jurassic park not like jurassic world or the news like no just the first jurassic park like yeah remember that movie you like just watch that shit again we're gonna do some ads i was like hey watch our old ass movie again how long has it been since you've seen jurassic park watch it again why did that just come up (laughs) like what what is this based on because you made that joke about like this uh, this podcast sponsored by Gremlins. Like, can you oh. actually got paid by Warner Brothers to be like, hey, can you can you talk about our fucking nineteen eighty something movie Gremlins? And yeah, Pop-Rick no, that would like... be really. <laughs> would you help us promote our uh, what's it? Escape from New York ice cream bars by watching the hit Kurt Russell film Escape from New York. Yes, <laughs> Am I that, but... that wrong? Yes to that, but no to Escape from L.A. Is that the sequel? Yes. Okay. I've okay, never seen so... either. Alright, let's continue. <laughs> uh, so my stu- my story, my n- next story, uh, comes to us from Focal Media, and, which is basically Ubisoft talking about, and it's not, not really talking about, it's more of like a quote about their Star Wars game, their open world Star Wars game, but that uh, the project will be headed by our massive studio, will make the most of their cutting-edge technology, including the Snowdrop engine to deliver a groundbreaking Star Wars adventure. And Snowdrop engine has been used for The Division. And, like, this game isn't, isn't coming out for at least a few more, like, three to four years. Damn it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can't wait to take over outposts and climb things to uncover the map. Hell yeah. Give it to me. Uh, Eve Guimau said uh, we didn't mention any specific dates referring to the game. Uh, the game is at an early stage of development, so we will have to wait a, a bit before telling you more about timing. So 
So how excited are you, Alan? Uh, Star Wars is the new hotness. <laughs> There's a box quote. Star Wars is the new hotness? Wow. Title of the episode. I Fuck love... All the other ones I've had. I love Star Wars. Enough to have a Star Wars tattoo. But I am so burned out on Star Wars. Well, that's the thing, is I recently came to the revelation, as I told my father, who is the diehard Star Wars fan, that I am just going to have to pick and choose my Star yeah. Wars things. Like, I, I can't I can't do it. Yeah, so far I like uh, The Bad Batch. That's good. Well, he was like, hey, we gonna watch The Bad Batch? And I was like, honestly, I'm so behind on Clone Wars, and maybe someday I'll get to it, but I really, I'm not gonna just start watching it right now to be up on the new stuff. Like, I just, I can't. I, and I, I still haven't watched The Mandalorian. That I watch. That I keep up with. But, like, I've even checked out of a new trilogy. Like, I'm already, like, I... I'm yeah, no, I don't want it. Yeah, I don't want it. Well, it's, they're trying to force it. I mean, they're doing what DC has done with uh, all of the DC universe. It's like they're trying to force it to be bigger than what it is. Yeah, no, I get that. And they're just going to, but they're going to expand. It just, it sucks because a product that, a property that big, I can never see the possibility of it stretching itself so thin that it dies out. I just can't. of a big name property. What's, what's the, what's, oh. Final news story. Okay, go for it. Uh, So Stargate Timekeepers got announced as the first ever Stargate strategy game. Ooh. Excitement. If you know anything about me, it's that I love Stargate SG-1, Stargate Atlantis, Stargate Universe. Haven't you said you like Stargate more than Star Wars before? Yeah, I I love the way they tackle myth- mythology and just, like, the notion of fake gods. And I even wrote, wrote a piece on, uh, VG, on VGU, like, years and years ago about Stargate, saying, like, is the Stargate franchise cursed? Because, like, the the first Stargate movie came out in 94, and the first Stargate game was a puzzle puzzle game that was in name only related to the movie. Uh, there was, there was going to be an, an Xbox game called Stargate SG-1 The Alliance, but that was canceled because uh, Joe Wood, uh, apparently something happened with that. And if that sounds familiar, Graydon, that's because uh, Funhouse slash Inside Gaming had did many bets on Joe Wood. Yes, I remember that. Uh, there was going to be a, an MMO called Stargate Worlds, but that got that got axed as the a Cheyenne Mountain Entertainment, which was a clever play on uh, the on SG One or the Stargate program being based out of Cheyenne Mountain. Uh, that that whole thing fell apart. There was Stargate Resistance, which was an online shooter that is actually still still going today, thanks to fan servers. Oh wow! There was Stargate SG-1 Unleashed, which was an episodic adventure game for mobile devices. And I used to spend so much time on the Stargate Worlds forums back when Universe came out, and just everyone was just we were all hating on it because it was. It hadn't hit its stride yet, but mm-hmm. this changes with Stargate Timekeepers. So, based on a press release, 
Timekeepers will be an original story after the conclusion of Season 7 of SG-1, and it'll, it'll begin during the Battle of Antarctica, which was which was the climactic final fight of of Anubis's of the the Anubis arc mm-hmm. and the Anubis I I'm not sure if the actor is still alive. What was the actor's name? I I can't remember, but I remember what he looked like. Do you I'm remember? so out of out of touch with Stargate, you could say it was anyone and I would say, "Oh yes, him." Wait, do you remember the actor's name or the character's name? Um Peter Peter Williams. Peter Williams. <laughs> Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, let's see his IMDb. Yep, he looks like he's pretty alive and happy to be alive. His most recent movie was in 2019 called Hero, inspired by the extraordinary life and times of Mr. Ulrich Cross. Ironically, the um, the actor who played Ball on the show passed away. And like when I first found out, I was like, oh my God, how did this happen? Parasailing? Or skydiving or something but all that aside uh creative forge is developing stargate timekeepers uh creative forge has worked on phantom doctrine and hard west as well as gladiators manager i saw the night and more and this stargate game is one of several it's working it's working on Hmm. and uh the publisher slytherin Trademark. Uh, they're rec- like they were involved with the Battlestar Galactica Deadlock game, so I'm. I think I'm kind of. I think I'm gonna try to pre-order that when I come when it is available to pre-order. So I'm sorry. What was like the genre of it? Uh, RTS. Okay, I was trying to figure that out by like the first trailer. I didn't know if it if it was gonna be up my alley, but. I'm not going to write it off. I might give it a shot. I mean, it could be the Game of Thrones game, which was horrible. <laughs> they all were pretty horrible. Yeah, they were. <laughs> and the thing that like really bums me out, uh the alliance gameplay, like it leaked and it looks or it looked really good and there's certain voice talents in that game who are like they got the actors to play to play their Parts like Richard Dean Anderson, uh, Michael Shanks, Chris Judge, aka Kratos. Hey, I know that guy. Yeah, before he said boy, he just said indeed. <laughs> boy. And uh, that is it for that story. Nice. Well, that's nearly it for the show. Um, there's nothing in any of our other regular segments, but hey, G4 is still coming and MLB is still happening. But what's that? It's the rumor mill. She do be a little rusty, honestly. She's got some, uh, some, some moss growing on her blades, and there's some owls up in the rafters. But you know what? We'll just get it spinning, and we'll see what what comes out of it. So I'll, uh, I'll take the first and so, first and third, and you can take the second. I will start looking at the second. So the first one is our first uh, news or rumor it has to do with uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, like the third piece of DLC for that that game. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know there was DLC. There was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Isle of Armor, or, or not uh, Isle of Armor, Isle of Sword. 
Or no, uh, yeah, Isle, Isle of Armor and uh, cr- the Crown Tundra. The Crown Tundra. So, in September of last year, uh, leaks began surface of much more specific rumors and sword and shields, uh, next DLC expansions, and these include ones known, or these include two known as the Scepter Sea and the Cinder Citadel. Uh, the Scepter Sea would be was going to be, or was is rumored to be based on Wales, and uh, Scepter Sea has been rumored to release in summer of, the, of this year. But it could be, and it's said to be followed up by the Cinder Citadel, which would be based on Ireland. Oh yeah, because you were saying in that video that you had that everything was based on like Europe. Yeah. Huh. That game, the sword. And, I I can't say anything for sword, or well, actually, technically, again, they're both the premise of the same game. Um, each region is different. Like Kanto is basically Japan. Um, technically, I think. Uh, one of the regions is based on New York. Hmm. And this is all in one game? No, these are spread across different generations of games. Uh, but there is a separate rumor about the Cinder Citadel that also meant that mentioned that players would be taken to an area filled with empty castles and dilapidated ruins where they would meet a new professor known as Mr. Wyman. Uh, fans would see Galarian forms of the Sino- for the Sinnoh region starter Pokemon. Hiplup, Turtwig, and Chimchar. Hiplup. As well as Himonchan, Himonli, Hiponhop, Himontop, and B-Sharp. Himontop? It's exactly how it sounds. I'm looking this up. That sounds suggestive. Oh, Hitmontop. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. So, all the way back in February of 2020, Aliker correctly predicted the that the Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra DLC expansions would bring additional 200 Pokemon to the games. And it also correctly predicted that Diamond and Pearl would be getting remakes. Um, the like Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are being developed by Ilka, who worked on uh, Pokemon Home. But the whole leak mentions that a Project Kingen will release in 2022. And it so lines they, up with the release window for Pokemon Legends. So they're, they're supporting this game long-term, it sounds like. Well, it's, it's actually what Kingen means in Japanese. Gold and silver. Ooh. And that's that's the uh, that's that story. Well, why don't you go into the last one? Because mine was taken down. Oh, man, that's a shame. It is a real shame. But hey, the rumor windmill... Giveth and she taketh away, Alan, and that is what that's the job we do. We have to be prepared for anything. Anything could fly out of her delicious tower at any time. Flat circle. Time is a big old circle that is flat, just like the earth is flat. So the last one, <laughs> our last story is uh, Kellios. Who is a known uh, Pokemon leaker has struck again on Twitter and said that, or tweeted about 11, nearly 12 hours ago, that there's going to be a Pokemon Presents in in early early next month to announce Pokemon Unite release date and the release date for Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. So short but sweet, indeed. 
as was this episode. Um, before that, let me just do a little bit of housekeeping. Totes. So, since last time we did an episode, uh, VGU Game Night Fallout 76 Part 3 went up on the YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. Please go watch those. It's a fun, there's a fun little trilogy of uh, Fallout 76 videos, and someday we will jump back in. Yeah, Josh really wants to go back. I can't wait to go back with him, like, level... He's, like, level 100, and you're level 100 in terms of experience, and I'm still, like, level 6. Uh, Samurai Jack, Battle Through Time, Part 4. And 5. And 5. Ooh. Uh, VG plays the first hour of Resident Evil Village. Uh, VG plays MLB 21 on the cloud, which is me basically recording myself playing it through... What was formerly known as XCloud, which is now just cloud gaming. Oh, cool. I didn't know. I wondered what that title meant. I didn't know that, that was like a cloud, an XCloud video. Yeah, it's basically PS Now for Xbox. Yeah. Uh, next is something that Emmett wrote, which is what Kane and Lynch 3 could be if it could be. And I'm not, I'm not going to give any information. Just read it. Check it out. <laughs> and then the latest, latest episode of Players Club. Or no, uh, last week's or a week, yeah, last last week's episode, uh, Players Club podcast episode fifty five, E three twenty twenty one, Summer Games Fest, and our summer gaming predictions. Yeah. Also, when did your Pokemon game up? Game your video go up? Was that like? What, should we mention that, or had you mentioned that somewhere else? Uh, it was brought up on Players Club. Oh, okay. I just feel on all this Pokemon talk, go and watch that too, and. Go sub to our TikTok. We'll post some weird shit. <laughs> weird shit. Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny there will be weird shit. But I'm hey. Gonna, <laughs> I'm going to post a video of me being like, y'all ever think about beans? And I'm going to yeet a can of beans out the window. That's it. That's the video. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to get a million hits in two days. Hell yeah. If we're lucky. Well, hey. I oh, thank you. Knocks. <laughs> what? We're gonna get a million knocks. A million knock. A million scrabbles. Pop <laughs> <I said>, it. <laughs> thank you all for joining us on this. Uh, we actually we only hit two hours, which is pretty good timing. Um, this this great great episode of uh, of what is this show called? Weekend news. <laughs> wow! <But> hey, wow! <laughs> It's called Weekend Weekend News because we win every we week. All, all I do is win, win, win. And hey, me and Gary didn't fight each other this week, so that was fun. Um, because I think that was the last episode was our giant yeah. fight, and people probably thought that we like, like killed oh, each shit. other. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they didn't quit. Well, Gary, thank you for joining me. Uh, the, the, Alan, thank you. Raul, thank you. I just went down the list, and now all three of you together will say, thank you, Graydon. It's a pleasure. I Gatorade. <laughs> what? I spelled Gatorade all over myself. Oh, no. <laughs> I, this, I, I went... I got into my work parking lot today, and a can of G Fuel rolled down the hill as I drove past, and I thought, well, isn't that, isn't that prophetic? Those gamers... It's a business. <laughs> it is a business. And apparently Amazon drivers love it. Um, 
All right. Well, that's kind of it. You guys, you stay safe. You stay happy. Do good deeds and pay it forward. Get vaccinated. And get vaccinated. You can't tell me what to do. You can all get vaccinated now. What the hell are you waiting on? Do it. Save your friends. Get the 5G microchips. It's great. Don't say that! (laughs) I saw a tweet that was so good. It was like, I, I got my second vaccine the other day and I'm still... I still can't get steam to sync up to this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and we're out. Bye. This has been a VGU.TV production. For all of the hottest hot takes and other opinions on video games, music, and a lot more, tune in to VGU.TV.